Thank you, Martin. It's lovely to be with, well, I think it's lovely to be with you this morning. <laughs> and I hope you say it's been lovely to be, be with you, John, when I'm finished. But uh, it's bank holiday weekend, so you never know who's going to turn up. But it's lovely that you've all turned up tonight, this morning. I want to read from Second Corinthians, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But please, if you can, get your phone out or your Bible out and uh, just try to follow me as best as you can, please. Second Corinthians chapter 5, reading from verse 14. See all these phones working very hard here, so they are. It's lovely. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Paul says, either way, or what other way we could pronounce, whatever, so be it. Either way, and I could almost just finish with these next four words, Christ loves, controls us. Wow. Is that the case? Whoa, there's the challenge right at the beginning. What a start. You said about challenge, you've got it. Christ love controls. Take the word us out and put me in. Christ's love controls me. Wow. If ever that was a knockout blow, that's it. Isn't it? Now just think about it for a wee minute. Because I have a lovely wife sitting up there, and even though she's far away from me, she can still control me. (laughs) I only need to look at her expressions on her face, and I know whether I'm on the right track or the wrong track. (laughs) And if I see them on the wrong track, I need to get on the right one very quickly. Is that right? Because whatever you say, there's a control, and it's the same with God. He looks at us. And he controls us, but he controls us out of love. That's the difference. That is the real impression I get here. Because some people, we have a a problem nowadays with people who try to control other people, don't we? And what's it called? Physical, mental, whatever it is, torment, abuse, whatever. God never does that with us. He does it out of a heart of love. So either way, whatever, Christ loves us, says Paul. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. There's another knockout blow. But I'm going to deal with something first, and then I'm going to come on to us as Christians. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Another knockout blow. Instead, they will live for Christ, who we've just heard, who died and was raised up for them. So we have stopped evaluating other people from a human point of view. Or if I can change that and say we stop judging others, from a human point of view. This blows my mind. So it really does. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently? Because we know him now. I think that's fantastic. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. 
a new life, and I like the way that Paul puts it in this translation, a new life has begun. It's only the start of a new life. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Amen. Now, I'm going to have a wee bit of fun this morning. I'm going to ask some questions and you're going to guess what I'm talking about. Right? Everybody has one. Or everybody has it. It's made of different sizes. Small, medium, large, all sorts of different colors. Total variety in it. Wherever you go, you see it. In fact, if you look around this room this morning, you will see them. You will see lots of it all around this room. Anybody have an idea yet? The phone. The phone. I'm going to start by talking about a phone, believe it or not. Because you see, about three months ago, back in June, thereabouts, my gorgeous wife, and everybody's looking at her because she's not bad looking, isn't she? You, know, she, you see, she's controlling me already. Her phone died. Panic stations, crises. You have no idea what I went through because that phone died. What I had to put up with, because it was going to be at least three or four days before we got into Swansea to the phone shop to get a new phone. Or at least to get the guy to look at this phone and see if he could fix it. Now just imagine you this morning. If I took all of your phones away and didn't let you have them for at least three days. Come on. <laughs> for some, it would be heaven on earth, but for others, it would be crisis. How can I survive without my phone? Right? Well, we got into Swansea three or four days later. The young man came up and we explained the situation. And you can only imagine what the diagnosis was. It's an old phone. <laughs> There's far too much junk on this phone. It's dead. You need a new phone. And after a wee bit of turn and fro, because being a Scotsman, her contract at that time was only 12 quid a month. It was going to jump to nearly 30 quid a month for a new phone. We did manage eventually to get them down to about £24 a month. But the old phone went in and part exchange, so that was okay. We agreed all of that and all the rest of it. <clears throat> and this new phone, now think about it. The old life, the old phone, a new phone, new potential. And this young man described this new phone. It was going to be an amazing phone. There would be so much more data, so much more memory. There's going to be at least three or four times the amount of apps on this phone. We don't need half of the apps as it is. So why would we need many more? But that was going to be the case. And everything was just going to be so much better with this new phone. And it's true, it was, and it is. 
The old phone, he said, is overloaded with stuff that you really don't need. Now listen, here's a, here's a hint for some of you this morning. Why don't you take time and just go through your phone and see how much stuff is on it that you really don't have to be carrying about with you? Oh, I see. Have you had nodding already? Mm, yeah. Don't do it while you're here this morning. Wait till you get home, all right? And he says, some of the stuff I can transfer over into the new phone. Ah, that sounds even better. All my contacts, all my WhatsApp messages, all my ordinary messages, all my, you know, all of, and, and that was okay. And you know, folks, that's just a description of the old life and the new life with us as we become Christians. We need to dump the old life. We need to get rid of the old life. That writes. We need to get a rid of and, and, and start a new life because Paul says your new life has begun in Christ Jesus. And sometimes we're going along life and we just think, wow, and all the rest of it. But you know, folks, I was only 17 years of age and I had had a good life. I was having a great time at that time. I was in the steelworks. You know my story. and Some of you know it. But I was invited to a church in Motherwell at 17 years old and I think a couple of weeks of that. That was only a few years ago. And I went to the church in Motherwell on a Sunday night, never forget it, never been to church before that. And all these 30, 30 or 40 young folk were all sitting in the back rows. All the young folk were in the back rows in those days. They need to come to the front rows. Do you know why you was better off sitting in the front? Nothing to do with my sermon this morning. There's less to distract you when you're sitting at the front. Anyway, that's by the by. But they were sitting there and they welcomed me in as a total stranger. Sitting in the back rows and they were passing sweets along the... You can pass the sweets along the front as much as the back. But they made me just so welcome in that church. And I was looking round because I am a bit of a curious Scotsman. I think, what is it about these young folk? Why are they here? Why are they in church? Let alone why are they happy in church? And there's something they've got that I want. But more than that, there's something in their lives that I need. And that Sunday night, I gave my heart to God. I asked him into my life. I made a decision to get rid of the old and start a new life in God. And I've never regretted that life. The old life has gone and there was a new life beginning. And here I am. Uh, yeah, okay then, I'll let it out. I'm only 58 years old today. Uh, now, John, that was not the answer I was expecting. And I realized then, but more than that, God already knew the potential, the giftings, the things that he had placed into my life that he wanted to bring to fruition in the new life that he gave me that night. And he's done the same for every one of us, folks. And I don't think even at my great age of 58, I have reached my full potential in God. And none of us have. Folks, there's still stuff, there's still, dare I say it, there's still apps on your phone that you've never used. Am I right? There's apps in God that you and I have never used. And we need to be saying, God, help me to get these apps in operation in my life. 
that will benefit my life. And that's the important thing, that they'll benefit me. They'll be good for me. And they'll be good for others because they've been good for me. And it's been amazing looking back in my life to see what God, how God has blessed me. He's challenged me. And oh yeah, life, the Christian life is not an easy, I am fed up with these Christians that say everything's going to be all right when you get saved. No, it's not. In one sense it is, but it's going to be challenging. It's going to be challenging. And I gave God free reign to my life to do what he wanted. And he has brought me through so many things, so many experiences, and so many people's lives that by God's grace I have impacted because of what God, the apps that God put into my life and it brought to fruition. We had a funny thing last week. We had two girls down from Colville. Well, two girls, two ladies, actually. They are girls in one sense, but they're ladies in that sense. And uh, the night before they were leaving to go back to Colville, Sharon said, oh, John, you could come part of the way back with us and we could have a coffee halfway up mid Wales. I'm thinking, hold on a wee minute. I've just put up with you for four days. But anyway, we agreed that we would go with them. And we went up to up towards Pontedawe and then on to Ustrid Ginlice. I hope I'm saying that right in, well, in English and well. All right. So we stopped in Ustrid Ginlice and there's a wee lay-by there and the two cars. And we decided which coffee shop we're going to go to. As they're doing, the, as the ladies are doing this, I see a young lady just a couple of yards up the road and she's on the phone. She's got a broken down car and there's a wee lad beside her. And I thought, well, I'm okay. I've got three other ladies to protect me here. So I'd Anders up there. Could see she has a puncture. I said, have you got a spare wheel? Yes. Have you got a jack? Yes. Well, let's see what we can do for you. So we're at the boot. The young lady and I are at the boot. And she's talking to, I think it's her dad in the background. And I hear her dad saying, who's that man with you? What are you doing? And I'm shouting, I'm all right. I've got my wife with me here. Just to make sure everything's all right. So anyway, the short and long bit of all, we got the tire, wheel changed and all the rest of it. And at the end of it, she came up to me and she's thanking me and she said something, you have saved my life today. And I just looked at her and I just said, well, you know, I know somebody who can really save your life and make a big difference. That was all I said. And I just said, and I looked up and I said, he can do it. And you know, folks, we need to apply and use the apps in our lives in every situation to make sure that we can do something for God and bless others' lives. And it's all because of God. Flora and my young brother who's here will tell you that when I was very, very young, I was very quiet, quiet, very shy. Still am, of course. Reserved. Wouldn't say boo to anybody. If anybody had said boo to me, I was running a mile. But God in his grace has brought me out of my shell. He's applied my, the potential in my life. And I'm only, I, I, I can honestly say like Paul, I am what I am today by the grace of God. You see, folks, what we become is all because of what Christ did for us on the cross. We've sung about that this morning. And every one of us, I still think there's more potential in every one of us yet. Because until we get to heaven, God's not finished with us. Amen? And when we still have to make a decision to break away from some of the old things in our life, and make sure that God gets all the glory.
Flora's phone is gone. It's been replaced with a new one with far more potential resources. New contract, or dare I say in biblical terms, a new covenant has happened. And dare I say it, I have a happy wife. And you know, there's a lot of men use a little four word and it says, happy wife. Yeah, happy life. So guys, if you want a happy marriage, keep the wife happy. I see some women going, hey, you listen to your mate. It's true. But when that happens, we can only hand it over to God. And God will bring out what he wants in our life. Let me just, before I move on, to really another chance for us Christians. Folks, if there's some folk here this morning and you've never handed over your life to God, there is no better time than today. You need to ask God into your life. Ask him to forgive you for leaving him out of your life. And ask him to give you a new life because I tell you what, it's far better being a Christian than it is with the old life that I had then. And, and I tell you, my old life was pretty good in one sense. I'm not going into the details of my life, but I was, I was quite enjoying life at that time. I was in the steelworks. I was making good money, really good money in those days. And I, I really was. But I handed my life over to God and I have never, never, never regretted it. Because God sees much potential for you tonight, or this morning, sorry. That's because of the old thing where we always did this at night time rather than the morning. But I want to challenge you this morning. If you have never handed your life to God, give him your life this morning. Ask him into your heart and your life. And I tell you what, give him lock, stock and battle. And you'll be surprised at what God can do for you. He wants to bless you. He's only got good plans for you. He's got a good future. And I don't care what age you are, if you have never given your heart to God, it's still something that God's got for you, if you'll do it. Amen? So to move on to us Christians. The old phone was left with a young man for a few hours. When we came back, he made this statement. And as I was standing there, I was listening, I was just picking up these points. I hadn't preached for about nearly two years now. And I was picking up these points. I just believe God was giving me this point. I was standing there. And he's looking at the new phone and he says, let me, I want to say this to you, John and Flora. He says, when I'm finished with this new phone, I will try to make it to operate as closely as I can to the old one. Hmm. I thought, whoa. Suddenly God just hit me, says, how many Christians try to do that? Big mistake. Big mistake. Paul says very clearly, all things are gone and a new life has begun. Amen? In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul puts it like this. But you have not so learned of Christ, if indeed you have heard him and been taught by him. Martin just said before I started, listen to hear what God's saying. And have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, the old life, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And then be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
And you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, folks, I need to be so gentle here this morning. Too many Christians are living too close to the world. We're living too close. There's so many things in our lives that are no different from, and that's a bad thing in some senses. But there's some things in our lives that we need to be challenging ourselves and saying, hey, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Verse 22 in the NLT puts it like this. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be God-like. Sorry, to be, sorry, created to be God, like God, sorry, like God, who is truly righteous and holy. Wow, that challenges my life tremendously. That my life might be controlled by the love of God. The Soul Care Bible, which is what I use, puts it this way. As God's people, we should replace the old attitudes with new attitudes and actions that are positive. And then he lists only three of them. Be kind to each other. Oh, wow, I can go with that. Amen. Oh, not many amens. Would you rather people be kind to you or nasty? Kind to you or indifferent? Come on. Let's be honest this morning. You want them to be kind to you. Especially the drivers on the roads. Whoa. My lovely wife, she tells me off many times when I'm driving. John, you're a Christian. One day you could be witnessing to these people. One day you could be preaching to these people. We are to act charitably, charitably, getting my tongue around these words, and benevolently. And it says this, and this is, I don't know whether I want to say this or not, to all people, regardless how we are treated in return. Wow. I'll leave it there. Being kind, tender-hearted. That means having compassion. To show genuine sensitivity. Hmm. Making allowances for others' faults and failings while showing care and concern. Boy, is this challenging enough for you this morning? But then last time Martin's going to say it. <laughs> sure not. Lastly, in my three points here, being forgiving even as God in Christ forgave us. This is probably the most difficult. If we are going to flourish in God, if we're going to flourish in our relationships within the church and outside the church, we need to be able to forgive others. That's not easy, folks. I don't know how much time I've got. Oh, I've got plenty of time yet. It's only 20 to 12. 
probably mentioned this before, but a number of years ago, must be 15 years ago, I was working up in Colville and the church up there and working with a local funeral undertaker. And one of his uh, substitutes was a guy called David Copstake. And David and I had a pretty close relationship. We were working together doing funerals. Great success at funerals, folks. I've only done about a dozen marriages in my 30-odd years in the ministry. Over half of them have broken up. I've done over 600 funerals and not one have complained. <laughs> but David and I, when he came onto the phone, he'd say, hi, John, it's David here. And I'd just say virtually all the time, hi, David, how are you this morning? And he said something which struck me incredibly, and it has lived with me ever since. He says, I'm all the better for hearing your voice. We went on holiday, and the day we arrived in the place we were in France, we had a phone call. David had died. And Lee Cooper said, John, the family are going to wait until you come home because they want you to do his funeral service. Well, I tell you what. That night I went to bed and I cried out to God and said, God, how am I going to handle this situation? Because I didn't know where David stood. That night I had, because it was a lot younger then, so it was obviously a vision and not a dream. But God came that night to me and I was asking God, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle this? And during that dream, all I heard these little words from God was, John, I can't hear you too well tonight. I can't hear you too well tonight. Oh, wow. And I woke up and I told Flora the whole dream, and all, sorry, vision. And the following night I went back to bed because I was trying to think, how on earth am I going to handle David's funeral service? And the following night I had another vision. Don't get them very often. But in that vision, God came to me and he challenged me about forgiveness. And he said, John, there's two folks, I'm surprised there was only two, but there's two folks that you haven't forgiven. You need to forgive them. And when you forgive them, I'll hear you as clear as a bell. Ah, wow. And in that dream, he'd showed me who the two people were. And I'm arguing with God in this vision. And I'm saying, well, God, one of them's dead. He said, so what? You still have to forgive them for what they did to you. Ah, wow. So in my vision dream, whatever it was, I started to cry out to God. And at four o'clock in the morning, I woke up crying and weeping. And I said, God... I can only do this by your grace. And you know, there are some people that the only time you can do it is by God's grace. And we don't learn how to forgive when we have been forgiven. All of our past, all of the wrongs of the present, because God goes on forgiving us every day. What is it in the, the prayer that we call, forgive us this day our daily bread. And God is faithful to forgive us every day when we ask him. Therefore, the least we can do is say, God, help me to forgive them. Whatever they've done to me, however they've treated me, because God has forgiven us. And dare I say it, because he's forgiven you, you need to forgive me for this morning. 
forgiveness. And out of that, when I finished that, God turned around to me and said, Now, John, I can hear you as clear as a bell. And this is how you're going to handle David's funeral. You're going to use that little phrase that David said to you every time you come on the phone. I'm all the better for hearing you. Amen? I'm all the better for hearing you. And folks, dare I say it this morning, we will be all the better for hearing him when that channel has been removed. Dare I say it, when it's been deleted from your phone, (laughs) when it's been cast out with the old phone and the old life, and we move on with God. Beloved, I want to say this morning quickly and lovingly, the Christian life is a process of change and growth to maturity in God. God, in one sense, and I say this very carefully, God, in one sense, does not make us perfect the minute we're saved. Come on, are you perfect yet? No. Dead right, we're not. But he begins to transform us into the likeness of who? The likeness of his son. By doing it and allowing these things, dealing with the past life, and step by step in the new life, he removes the old so that he might replace them with the new. Amen? All the time. And as I'm saying here, some stuff in the old phone didn't transfer to the new. That was great. We did without that. We never missed it. Flora never missed it. It was gone. We couldn't retrieve it. And you know, folks, when that happens in God, we can't, don't bring back some of the old things that you've forgotten and forgiven about in the past. Stop carrying baggage in your life that you don't need. If you go through your phone, I can guarantee you through your WhatsApp messages, through whatever, there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that you really don't need to be carrying about on your phone. Am I right? And if you delete some of that there, you create what? Space for new stuff to replace it. I think I've got this okay this morning. Don't you? So, you know, when you go home, you'll all be spending half an hour on the phone. (laughs) But there was something else a young man said to him. To Flora, sorry. There's a lot of stuff that you need to go through systematically and delete in the new phone. Because all it's doing is slowing down your new phone. Mm. And it's the same in our Christian life. We carry stuff around with us that really is only hindering us and stopping us doing all that God wants us to do. Amen? Go on. Give it a go and see what happens. Paul in Philippians and Corinthians 1 says this, I can do anything. No, he says, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Yes, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial in the NLT. I thought, wow, for me, that was a challenge. As Christians, Paul says everything is legitimate for us to do. But he then goes on to say, but hold on a wee minute. If this is not going to be good for my life or benefit, beneficial to my life, then I need not to be doing it. 
And if it's not going to be beneficial to other people's lives who I'm seeking to minister into, then I don't do it because it offends or upsets them. All right. Mm. Folks, all I'm asking this morning is that we check our lives out. Find out what's happened in our lives in the past, perhaps. Martin mentioned it earlier. And if it doesn't benefit your life today, dump it. Don't even think about it. And if it's a person, don't even remember them. <laughs> don't, you know. I'll not go down that road. Just ask God to help you to remove it from your memory, from your experiences, from the hurts, and all the rest of it, and say, God, remove all of that so that you can begin to fill it with more of you. Because that's what it's all about. And when we do that, he will make us much more like himself. Our lives will be of more benefit to us. Don't you want the best for your life? I'm sure you do. Well, what about our families? Martin mentioned families earlier on. I want the best for my family, for his church, and then for the world at large. We left the old phone and walked out with a new phone. And I think I can honestly say, on the whole, Flora's enjoying it. Are you, love? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she, she is. All that extra data. I'm not sure I'm enjoying it. (laughs) It's costing me money. She's using it to its full potential. Well, not quite to its full potential. It's going to cost me more when she does that. But I want to finish with Ephesians chapter 1. Because we have a great God. We have an awesome Father this morning. He only wants the very, very best for us. You know, we've got families. We want the best for our family. How much more our Heavenly Father wants for us. We're family this morning. We're his family. He only wants the best. He's only got the best. And I want to encourage you this morning to get rid of the old stuff. <laughs> get rid of the old life and see what God's got for us in the new stuff, the new life, the extended life that he's begun in our lives. Because Paul goes on, and I love this, he says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Hallelujah. Even before he made the world, God loved us. He chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. We're not without fault in our eyes sometimes. But as far as he's concerned, we're without fault. God decided to adopt us into his own family by bringing us into himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Hallelujah. I think it's just awesome. We have an awesome God this morning, and he is worthy of all the praise, all the possibilities of what we can give him of our lives. And I want to encourage you, just open yourself up. Open those apps up in your life that you've never opened up and see what God's got in there for you and the potential of new apps. What does a new app do? You, you play around with it. You work at it until you find exactly what it can do. Is that right? It's the same with God. When we open up our hearts to him in that way, he brings new things in and then we begin to exercise and we begin to learn how to move in those things that God's got for us.
Amen. This is what he wanted to do, and it gives him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness, words I heard earlier on this morning, in kindness and grace, that he purchased our freedom with his blood, the blood of his son, and forgave us our sins. He showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. And I've got, wow, what a life. What potential for every one of us here this morning. And I just want to encourage you to just see what God's got for you so much. Don't settle for what you've got now in God. Goodness sake, don't settle for second best. Say, God, I want your best. I want your best. No, Lord, I need your best in my life. Amen? Let's pray. We worship you, Lord. We magnify and adore your name. You're an awesome God this morning. Lord, I just thank you that you've poured so much into our lives. Thank you, Father, that you're so great in richness and grace, tenderness, long-suffering. You love us unconditionally. Hallelujah. Lord, you've done so much for us. You sent your son Jesus to the cross so that you might bring us back to yourself. And you love doing it. You love doing it. You adopted us. You chose us into your family. And Lord, you want the best for your family this morning. You've only got the best. That's what makes you so awesome to each one of us this morning. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We know this chorus so well. In a sense, I think we don't really need to open our eyes. But I just want you to worship him this morning. You are worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of all that we have this morning. You're worthy of all that we can give you this morning, Lord. You're worthy of every part of our life, and we thank you for that this morning because you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the glory. You're worthy of just everything that we can give you this morning of our lives. Lord, of every part of our life, of any part of our life, you're worthy of it all. And we just say, Lord, this morning receive of our praise. Like Paul the Apostle, so I praise you, God, our Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand this morning. You're worthy of it all this morning, Lord. You're worthy of it all this morning, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, but all.